Here comes the Here comes the Here comes the Y'all don't really worry like Welcome back to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Kent Wyrock, joined by my co-host, Matthew Betts and Matt Okada. Gentlemen, we are back together. For It feels like it's been forever. What, what have you guys been doing? What's new? I survived the polar end of the world up here, uh, Vortex in Minnesota. I almost died. How, but, but, but what's new with you guys? <laughs> yeah, Kent, uh, as you know, I live in Vermont, which is not warm. Uh, but I will say, watching the news and seeing those temperatures in your neck of the woods made me feel like I was in Okada land out there in sunny California because while it was like 15 here, it was nowhere close to what you had to deal with. So I've been good. Um, mm. Just uh, just kind of stay up to date with uh, you know all the happenings around fantasy and getting ready for the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. Well, it's been about 60 degrees for the entire week here. And we did have some slight precipitation earlier in the week that almost destroyed the entire state because that's how it works in California. Uh, other than that, you know, things have been great. Did you oh, guys? Man. Did you guys see the? There was like a weather report or a news blurb um, with an anchor on a Florida station that the temperature was. I think it said fifty-three degrees, and I think the. The line on the TV said, limit time outdoors. Yes, I've seen this. <laughs> oh, like, what? oh, my Come God. On. What about, wait, what about negative 53 degrees? Because I'm pretty sure that's what our windshield was uh, this last week. So uh, then what should I do? Not go outside? I tried to do that. I tried to not leave the house. Yeah, that's when I, you just I, hunker down, watch some movies for three days in a row. Don't go to work. Oh, yeah. 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 I did see a great tweet where someone put snapshots of Minnesota and Antarctica next to each other, and it was colder in Minnesota. They were like, we've done it. Yeah. So now it's safe to say I could live in Antarctica if I had uh, a well-heated house. But uh, anyway. Brilliant. That sounds good. Glad to be back in action here talking a little bit more. Well, I, I'd say fantasy football, but really we're going to be talking more real football on today's show. Uh, we'll talk about some Super Bowl player props and some other fun props that they have going on uh, every single year that you can bet on. Uh, you know, it's we're not so much a betting show at all. We just kind of like to talk about it because it's something fun to bring up around the Super Bowl time. But before we get into that, we got a couple of pieces of news we could talk about. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. All right. Um, these are mostly the things that have come up recently. I'm talking like in the last week or so. Uh, there's been quite a bit of news, so to speak, that's come out since we've recorded our our full uh, trio show last. So we'll talk about a few things here and just kind of see what's going on. But up recently, this came out just today, Ryan Tannehill expected to be released by the Dolphins this offseason. So that means they're either going to try and draft or sign a QB. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts about you know the Dolphins' choice here? Do you think Tannehill was ever going to turn into something, or is he a bust now, and now 
we got to see where he goes and and all that whole business. Uh, I'd be interested to get Betts' injury opinion on him, whether he's like super injury prone or something like that, because I honestly don't feel like if he was a guaranteed healthy QB that they're likely to find a better option really easily and quickly in the draft or free agency. He was not bad this past year, but he's had a lot of injury stuff. So maybe that plays, plays a role in it. Yeah, I can go ahead and speak to that here a little bit, Okada. You know, the biggest thing with Tannehill has been the ACL injuries, and I think it's been kind of, I don't want to say overblown or kind of made out of proportion because really his ACL injuries have been to the same ACL two times, basically. So, you know, the first time that he had it um, was in 2016. He partially tore the ACL um, late in the year in December, and then in 2017, he also injured the ACL and that time had to undergo surgery. So, you know, for the type of player that he is, if he has a partially torn ACL, basically it just means that the the joint is a little bit loose. There's a little more wiggle in the bones than someone else. But if you've got really strong muscles around the knee, you can control that. Um, And for a pocket quarterback, which Tannehill mostly is, uh, it's not a huge issue. As we know, that kind of got worse and worse. And then, you know, like I said, in 2017, completely tore it and they had to undergo you know ACL so uh, ACL surgery then the shoulder this year um, you know missed five games but he did avoid surgery so I don't know that there's necessarily a pattern to those trends to say that he's injury prone I will say I agree with you he played a lot better this year I had always been someone that had been vocal and said not a big Tannehill guy I don't think he can get it done I think he's just the guy in this league um, and I mostly still feel that way but I agree with you he did play much better last year and I think he does compete for a job somewhere as a starter in 2019 well I tell you if there's any year that he should be happy to get cut I would say it's this year because one the quarterback class in the draft is not considered to be the strongest we still don't know if Kyler Murray is going to be playing football or baseball and you know really it's just like Haskins and Herbert and really that's it for top tier talent but not even Herbert outside of that the now, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, he yeah he's delaying. That's right. I completely forgot. He's going back to school for one more year. So terrible, terrible QB class uh, in the NFL draft. But also the free agent class for quarterbacks is pretty gross. Tyrod Taylor, Josh McCown, Teddy Bridgewater, Ryan Fitz- Fitzpatrick. That's about it. RG3, maybe if you feel like rolling the dice, it's not good. So Ryan Tannehill, I think, would be almost immediately a top option. Maybe Teddy Bridgewater if a team wants to take one more chance on him I don't know but it, it's a good year for him to get cut as as weird as that sounds yeah I think one potential landing spot for Tannehill could be in Washington they are going to be on the search for a quarterback with the recent news about Alex Smith's injury um, they've come out and said you know there's a very 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 small chance that he plays in 2019 so the team is planning to be without him due to that horrific lower leg injury and the complications and the infection and all of that Um, which we talked about in detail on last week's podcast uh, that I did with uh, Dr. A from Inside Injury. So if you haven't heard of that, go check it out. Um, That was fantastic. But, you know, that's definitely a landing spot that I could see happening for for Tannehill. They're going to need a quarterback. I would personally, if I was a NFL GM of this particular team, I would like to see him go to the Jaguars because – right up or down the road or whatever it is the reason being i don't think Tannehill is the kind of guy who's going to win your team a super bowl ever unless he's managing an offense with an elite defense 
and I think that's exactly what the Jaguars would give you. So he that's the kind of place I could I could see him going to actually compete in the playoffs, and he's the kind of quarterback I could see them having where they could actually complete in the play, compete in the playoffs. So that would be interesting for me. I, I was about to say, and they have a run game, but then I remembered that Leonard Fournette is <laughs> dealing with his own kind of team issues there. So uh, maybe, maybe not that he's uh, a pivotal piece of that offense going forward. But uh, no, that's I, I kind of agree that'd be a good spot for him. They desperately need a QB in Jacksonville. Uh, they have two guys that are complete opposites and both bad. So I, I don't think they'll be able to do anything with either of those two guys going forward. Moving on, let's talk real quick about the Jets. Well, mostly about Le'Veon Bell, but basically the Jets came out and said in in the media recently that they will not break the bank to bring in Le'Veon Bell. Uh, you know, I, I'm a proponent of the running back as a replaceable position from an NFL standpoint. You build your offensive line, you have a good QB, good receivers, the running back can kind of be an average guy. You don't need to break the bank on Bell, so I like that the Jets are making a smart decision Now, they're one of the top teams in terms of salary cap, the other being the Colts and the Browns, and then there's maybe a couple other teams. But what are your guys' thoughts on the Jets now being maybe off the list for Bell unless he's cheap, which, based on this whole entire thing, he probably won't be. Uh, And where do you think he'll land? Um, I I don't know how vocal I've been on the pod, but I've tweeted to much disdain and possibly mentioned on the pod at one point that I don't really think Le'Veon Bell is as good as people think he is. Um, maybe it was a Kent that I had to figure out with. I'm not sure. No, you're on my side? No, because okay, no, I'm on your side, yeah. Yeah, the Steelers offense, as we saw this year, creates excellent running back production, no matter who it is. Um, not that I'm saying James Conner is bad. He could also be decent. But I just don't think Le'Veon Bell is the best running back in the NFL, and that's the kind of money he's commanding, or demanding, I should say. We'll see what he actually commands. Um, So I agree that I like the Jets' move of potentially ignoring him. I would also prefer the Colts to ignore him and go after defense, maybe a better, uh, like, number one or 1B to T.Y. Hilton in the wide receiver position. Um and I don't think anyone should pay him what he asks. However, if I had to guess, I would say that the one team that might pay him what he asks stupidly would be the Raiders. Yes. Because I don't I know you're what say that. <laughs> they're doing ever. So, And they are actually one, two, three, fifth in cap space, $71 million heading into next year. So, And Marshawn Lynch is likely to retire. Uh, even if he doesn't, I think his he was only on a one-year contract, so he's not on for next year. Um they don't really they won't really have a running back that seems like a system Gruden would probably want to have a running back to rely on doesn't love Carr that much that's the place I would probably guess he will go yeah and I think it makes sense for both sides not I mean even if he doesn't come in and make them a winning team automatically he's a big name it's gonna fill the stands and that franchise needs it especially when they get ready to move to uh, Las Vegas. So I think it makes sense for both sides. And if you guys have heard Gruden on Monday Night Football, you know, he just gushes about Bell's ability as a running back um, and pretty much hypes him up when he talks about him when he covers the game. So I strongly feel like that's where he's going to land. So I agree with you, Okada, on that one. I think he's a Raider next year. Wow, that's interesting. I know that, you know, Gruden has already said that he would have uh, Marshawn Lynch back if he was willing mm-hmm. to come back and play one more year. So, um, 
that that'd be interesting. We got to keep an eye on that. I think that'd be one of the key components. And you know, that's going to be like a free agency period type of type of deal. Um, I would think anyway. But I, I don't think Marshawn Lynch would go anywhere else. But Le'Veon Bell, man, it's been tougher and tougher for me to decide where I think he's going to go. But I cannot see him going anywhere other than the Colts. Uh, to be perfectly honest, just because of the money, just there's so much money there. They rolled over like. Forty million dollars or something stupid from last year. I didn't even. I don't have it up in front of me, but it's uh, they're number one in the league, I think, on rolled over money, and yeah. uh, they have just a huge amount of cap space. Yeah, I have the numbers in front of me right now. Their cap space is a hundred nine million. The Jets are the next Jeez. closest with ninety, which is almost twenty million less, and then everyone else is eighty million or below. It's insane. So, Kent, would you, yeah. you know, from a dynasty perspective, if we're looking long term here, are you selling Marlon Mack and are you advising people to do it? If that's I, what I you think, a one thousand percent sell Marlon Mack right now, honestly. Yeah, he I had would. a strong mm. finish to the season and he looked good doing I, it. So, um, I was kind of a Mack hater at the start of the year, and he definitely changed my mind. So, I would love to see him get a shot and continue to be the guy in in you know the Colts organization. But if they have as much money as you guys are saying they do, it sounds like that could be a real possibility for Bell yeah. next year. Yeah, and I I love Mac. I really do. I think he's a good player. Uh, the the thing is, is you probably picked him up for pennies, and you can sell him for dollars. So why would you, there's like no reason not to? You buy low, sell high. That's that's dynasty in a nutshell. You you might miss out on his peak price, but you're still making money. And that's the important thing to remember is if you continue to make moves that make money, your team will ultimately be better. Uh, so it's important to not really get jaded or caught up on your quote-unquote missed uh, trades like that if he does end up you know, being the starter for the entire next year. You're still going to get starter value from him right now. So I'm not, I wouldn't be uh, opposed to selling him. Let's go ahead and uh, swing on over to uh, a a diva wide receiver of this offseason, Antonio Brown. He has been making some waves. Did you guys see the recent picture of him today? It was like just today. He has like a he has like a blonde mustache and like blue tips on his on his hair, and he's looking real wild right now. I quote tweeted Uh, that picture and video, and I just said, "Sell Antonio Brown. Something is wrong." Like what? Yeah. What is this guy doing? I mean. This is not what, what he's been known for is during his time in the league, and he's just coming out. And so, the, there's something going on. There's a, a flip that you know, a, a switch that flipped. I should say, uh, he does not seem like himself. I, I'm worried about AB, man. Yeah, and you know, but between like Le'Veon Bell, AB, I mean, even Big Ben is really vocal about all his issues. Is is Mike Tomlin a good coach? No, I, I mean seriously, is does he have control over his locker room? Because it None. doesn't seem like it. Yeah. I wanted him to get fired this year, to be perfectly honest. And most people disagree with me, but I think he is like the opposite of Bill Belichick in the ability to create a culture that that wins. Like he's a decent, he's a good coach on the field, more than decent. But oh my gosh, can he not handle his players? And I mean, I don't. We we didn't really say it at the top, but kind of the main thing with Antonio Brown is there's big rumors of him being traded, and that has come out of just huge discord. Obviously, between him, Tomlin, the team, the locker room messes, throwing footballs at people and yelling, I want out, and things like this. Um, So, overall, the rumors are kind of in a middling spot right now. There's been like some quote-unquote softer talk from the owner and AB in the past few days, but 
before the past few days, it was almost a guarantee he was going to get traded, and I still think it's very likely that he's going to get traded. So that's obviously going to be a huge piece of news if and when it drops. I, I like him with the 49ers. I think that's kind oh. of where you know a lot of people have been saying he has some potential. I think yep. him paired up with Pettis uh, would be outstanding. I think that'd be good for Antonio, good for Pettis. I think even having Goodwin there as a long threat uh, would be uh, just a great trio of receivers for Jimmy G, who needs to you know kind of recoup from his injury year, and that that team could have a strikingly good offense going forward because of that too. Yeah. I- Talking about dynasty buys and sells, honestly, Jimmy G is like one of my top buys right now because I agree with you that that is not only where he should go, but where he probably will go. They're also high in cap space, so they can actually pay him. And Jimmy G had a down start to the year and then obviously got injured. So I feel like most owners of him are going to feel a little jaded and be willing to sell. He's going to have, if he gets AB, again, we don't know for sure it's going to happen, but if he were to get AB, he would instantly have one of the stronger receiving cores in the league with George Kittle also there, Dante Pettis coming into his own. And I would love his potential for next season and beyond. Yeah, all right. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and close up the news here, and we can move on over the, the Super Bowl in a second. But real quick, we're going to talk about one little piece of injury news, so naturally I have to play this. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. Now, you know, you guys talked about Cam Newton right on the injury show. Uh, actually, no, we Matt, didn't. Matthew? You didn't do Cam? Okay, so uh, apparently he's been showing market reprove- improvement with his throwing shoulder. You know, he had that surgery in the offseason. He's been dealing with that. It, there was some lingering concerns that he might not play in the 2019 season, but but already we're getting signs that he's showing improvement. Uh, I don't know. Have you heard anything about this? What are your thoughts on his availability for this next year? Yeah, so those reports came out. I believe it was the owner that said, you know, that's a possibility and basically that he said those things before the surgery happened and it makes sense because what they did in the surgery was a scope so basically you know small holes through the shoulder through the muscle to get to the joint and seeing what's going on in there um, that's the only way to truly know 100% what's happening so you can do an MRI it's never 100% accurate the scope is always 100% accurate and so they were doing the scope to see what was going on they found out there is no structural injury, meaning no rotator cuff tear, uh, no labrum tear, or at least no no major tear. And basically, the scope procedure that was done just took out uh, some scar tissue and kind of cleaned up the joint a little bit. Um, and you know, with that, the nice thing is, is there's virtually no rehab limitations that he has to face when you have a rotator cuff repair injury. You have to really be cautious of how quickly you progress the player back to throwing, especially for a throwing athlete. Um, and we saw how troublesome it was for Andrew Luck with the labrum injury. So, you know, those type of things always carry a long-term recovery. The news from Carolina is all positive at this point. They're saying he could be throwing by OTAs, and I believe he actually will be, especially if, you know, that surgery was all that was done. So um, it definitely makes me feel a lot better about Cam moving forward compared to how I felt maybe a month ago. So I'm curious, kind of based off what you were just saying, is was this kind of more of a maintenance or corrective sort of surgery from the last surgery as opposed to like a whole new thing uh basically if i understand your question question. correctly (laughs) yes um so his his surgery in 2017 was to repair a tear in his rotator cuff um a structural injury which was causing his dysfunction uh weakness and a lack of power on his throws this time around and, and i wrote about this for the fantasy footballers in my article talking about how overhead athletes sometimes 
throughout the course of a season lose rotation range of motion in their shoulder can be due to a variety of reasons but basically when you lose the ability to wind up into your throw you know it's like a baseball pitcher too you you can't generate the force that you need to to be able to actually get velocity on the ball and we saw that with newton uh, with newton on every throw he was throwing it into the ground at his receiver's feet so he couldn't power it downfield and there was a reason for that um it's called gird glenohumeral internal rotation deficit which basically just means your shoulder can't rotate in the socket um and it can't function the way it needs to so that can happen for a variety of injuries, which we don't have time for. But um, the procedure that he's had done there just kind of cleans out the joint and allows him to move a little bit more smoothly. Hmm. That sounds nice. Yeah, so we'll keep an eye on the uh, Cam Newton reports. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of them this offseason as far as a few other injury uh, situations. So with that being said, let's go ahead and start talking about the Super Bowl. Now, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have a drop for this. I, I probably should have gotten one, but we're going to kind of do just a real quick preview of the game. And actually, before we even do that, I think we could talk about our brackets real quick because I think Okada won. No. Uh, you had the Patriots, didn't you? Did They're I? Going all the way? Yeah. I think Is that correct? I'm yes, actually well, asking Of course you. I had the Patriots going all the way. I thought you did. Um, so I did take a look at, we did the, uh, NFL Super Bowl challenge or whatever on, on their website and Okada was winning in points. So I assumed that there was no, no chance that either myself or bets could beat him. So congratulations, Patriots fan. You're in the Super Bowl again. <laughs> wow. Uh. Okada, you wipe that smile off your face. <laughs> <laughs> so happy over there. <laughs> oh man. Listen. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. I'll save it for once we get into it. Okay, well, let's real quick. Uh, and actually, what what is the source of your over under here? Who where, what website was this from? I took these from Bet Online. Bet Online. Okay, so there's a few different. So I just want to make sure we have our our source there. Um, currently, the over under is set at fifty six and a half, and the Patriots are favored by two and a half points. This is considered to be the largest over under for a Super Bowl ever. Uh, I've seen in a couple places it's a little bit higher because I think the Falcons game was 57, so we're hovering right around that. But regardless, it's going to be high scoring. Uh, the Rams have a really good offense. The Patriots have uh, Tom Brady, so there's going to be scoring there. Uh, what What are you guys' thoughts on who are you going to take with the points? You know, betting the spread, what side do you take right now? I mean – I'll jump in because I'm the Patriots fan, and I'm sure it will not come as a surprise to either of you that I'm taking the Patriots with the points and more. My final score projection right now is 38-31, to 31, so I'm also taking the over. Wow, yeah. Yeah, these Quite Super Bowls over. and any game with Tom Brady recently have been shootouts in the playoffs. So I think it's going to happen again. The Rams are probably the, probably the best offense he's faced in a Super Bowl. I think that's... Well, the, the original Rams, back in the greatest show on turf, were probably also up there. And they actually did a great job against those Rams. But yeah, I'm taking the I'm taking the Patriots at the points. And this is this is where I'll throw my little thing in. This is just a little, tiny little soapbox. All oh right. boy, buckle up, Bets. Yes. Here we go. Yes. I'm going to go ahead and close out Everyone, now. of course, is rooting for the Rams, except for apparently the people in St. Louis who hate the Rams. People need to take this opportunity to root for the Patriots. No, because, I'm out. I'm out. Oh god. Hard no. Listen. Hard no. Listen. <laughs> you we, everybody in 5 or 10 years when this dynasty is over is going to look back and realize that they spent all the years of the greatest dynasty in sports history hating blindly on this team, rooting for a bunch of other teams that were not great. 
And they're going to be like, man, I wish I had just spent one of these Super Bowls pulling for the greatest player and coach that have ever lived. So I think you guys might, maybe not you two personally, all right, but people out there need to take a second and consider rooting for the Patriots in this game. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> Uh, so you, what team do I cheer for? The Vikings. The Vikings are the are the Patriots a rival of the Vikings? Not at all. Do do I have any fandom related in, inherent hate against the Patriots? Not that I know of. No, and I hate <laughs> the Patriots. <laughs> I hate them because they win too much oh, <laughs> they, they win so often i but you know it's not just the patriots if it was the rams doing this i would hate them if it was the bears doing this i would hate them i hate any team that can continuously get back to the super bowl because i want a league with parity yes i want my team to win yes i like the vikings i want them to win the super bowl but i want more than you know i don't want it to be someone versus the patriots every year which it feels like it's been for the last i don't even know how many years what, what have they been in four of the last five? Is that right? Yes, that's correct. I think, Three I think that's what it is. Last five. I'm done with that. I want to see a different <laughs> team other than the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And, and it's purely because it's just it's, it's boring for me now to see the Patriots back in the Super Bowl. That's all it is. I, 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 and I hate them for that reason. So I don't dislike the team. I don't like, I don't dislike Brady. I think he's a great quarterback, one of the best of all time. Uh, we'll see how that goes down by the time he's retired. But I just am done with them being in the Super Bowl, and that's why I hate them. Kent, try living in New England, dude, as a non-Patriots <laughs> fan. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, so to speak to this, I will speak to both sides. I am so fascinated by how they have dominated. I appreciate it. It's something we will probably never see again in our lifetimes. But – Gosh, stop winning. Like, let someone else win. <laughs> Thank God the Eagles exactly. won last oh, last year because that was, you know, that bought me like five years of living in New England. Um, but to speak to the spread of the game, as much as I'm a Patriots hater, I am taking the Patriots to cover the spread here. I think that that experience versus a very young team uh, in the Rams in terms of Sean McVay and Jared Goff, I think that they get it done this year, especially after what happened last year where the Eagles won. Mm. Um, they don't let it happen twice. And in terms of the over-under, I'm going to bet the under on this one because of the officiating that happened the last uh, time we saw NFL football where mm. the referee play, or refereeing, I should say, that was weird. Uh, the refereeing was <laughs> subpar, to say the least. We don't need to go into detail there. I think it's a very closely officiated game, and I think that takes away a few scoring opportunities. So I'm taking the under on this mm. one, but I still like the Patriots to cover yeah, it, you know, back to the the you know the over under here. Uh, the over under being the one of the highest of all time. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the under almost every time, considering uh, you know just kind of the probability of it going over that is is kind of low. I, the Rams defense is much better than the Chiefs defense is, and and you know they almost you know they went to overtime and almost took down the Patriots. They didn't give Pat Mahomes a chance to get the ball back in overtime, and the rules are dumb. But anyway, we'll skip that <laughs> for another time. Um, Agree, but, but yeah, no. I, I think the Rams are a much more better-rounded team. I think they have a better head coach than the Chiefs. Andy Reid is a good head coach, but I think McVay is the next next greatest thing here in the, in the NFL. I think he is the future's Tom. Excuse me, the future's Bill Belichick. You know, he's going to be the Bill Belichick who's going to be winning uh, quite often for some time here. And I was going to talk to that. You know, one of the things that Bill Belichick 
has is the ability to read the game and understand his opponent better than they know themselves. And so he can take away their best option and kind of like just break it down from within. And I think McVeigh is able to know that that's going to happen and alter his plan to kind of work around that. And I I think it's going to be a battle of two of the greatest NFL minds uh, in terms of head coaches right now uh, in this Super Bowl. So I'm really excited to watch that and see what Sean McVay can do. You know, he's a huge analytics guy, and I'm, you know, I'm a proponent of that. I I strongly, uh, I I enjoy seeing a guy like him have success in the NFL. So I think he's going to give him hell, and I think that two and a half points – well, I was going to take the Rams to win outright, so I would take them with the points as well. Uh, wow. But I'd bet on them outright to make a little bit more money because I think you know I haven't I haven't kind of decided on a, a score yet. Maybe I'll come back to you with that here in a little bit later in the show. But I'll take the Rams winning by let's go five points. Ooh, a blowout! Yeah, wow. <laughs> a blowout! Five points. <laughs> Not really. For compared to most yeah. Patriots Super Bowls, that is a blowout. So yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, um, tell you what, then let's let's go ahead and talk about some fun player props. We have some other props too. We'll get to at the end. They're a little bit more silly, uh, but you can bet on them because you can bet on anything these days. So why not? But up first, let's just kind of roll through these and kind of discuss them for a couple minutes each and kind of make our picks. Uh, I I don't have anything set up to record this, so we're just gonna go on. Just kind of for fun here, no no official record, but this is a what happens first prop bet. A is it an Aaron Donald sack, or B is it a Tom Brady interception? Both are going at minus one twenty. Personally, I don't. I have a reasonably high confidence that neither of these things is going to happen. However, I'm going to take the Aaron Donald sack because he had 20 and a half this season in 16 games, and Tom Brady had far fewer than 16. I think it was 12 or 11 maybe, maybe 14, but it was still less than one a game. So just based on odds, I think that it's more likely that Aaron Donald gets a sack in this game. But I think it's one sack and no picks, so that's why. Yeah, I like that call as well. I I would say Aaron Donald gets to Brady before Brady throws a pick um I agree I think he has a great game Brady does and and plays very well protects the football like he always does um so I would bet against that happening in terms of the interception so I would go Donald as well I I'm gonna say he gets a sack this game and I think it happens before the interception uh there probably won't be a lot of sacks but if someone's gonna get one on the Rams defensive line it's Aaron Donald so sign me up for that up next Oh, God, this is just sad, honestly, at this point. Who will have more carries, C.J. Anderson or Todd Gurley? And now, Todd Gurley is favored here. He's at minus 300, and C.J. Anderson is at plus 200. So you're taking a 2-1 to one bet there if you bet on C.J. Anderson. But is there? do you think he's been injured, Todd Gurley? Or what? how do you guys feel about this? What are you betting on here? So I know what I'm betting. If I was going to bet this, and to be honest with you, I think I'm going to avoid this as a bet because you have to put a lot on it to actually profit from it if you're betting for Gurley, which is what I would do. Sean McVay has come out and said that Gurley is going to be a big part of the game, and I believe him because of the scrutiny that the team has gotten for him not getting the ball. And, you know, C.J. Anderson is out there with his, you know, sympathy dad weight that he's put on just bowling ball across <laughs> the field. Um, but in reality, I, d- I don't think Todd Gurley is really injured. Based off of what's going on with his knee, it's been 
like a month and a half since he first was on the injury report with that injury and there's no structural injury so I I believe he's healthy I just think that they've been going with the hot hand and I think that Gurley knows this game he has to come out and play well uh, and I think he does so I love Gurley this week if you're playing any sort of DFS um, type of you know, a format here and I would bet Gurley on this one. So this one is fascinating to me. I think this is by far the most interesting storyline of this Super Bowl, besides the whole age gap thing. But as far as in-game stuff, what's going to happen with Gurley and CJ and what is going on with Gurley in general? And I literally spent like 10 minutes on my drive home today trying to figure out in my mind what is going on because CJ or CJ Anderson got the bulk of the carries in the Saints game, but Todd Gurley got the red zone carry and the, and the touchdown from like the five-yard line, which tells me that Honestly, I feel like Sean McVay still saw him as his best running back. As opposed to, if you're going with the hot hand, I feel like you would go with CJ there. And gave CJ the main load because he potentially is concerned about a girly injury. So, I feel a little bit silly going up against bets on an injury thing. But I do I can't see any other reason why the best running back in the league has been taking a backseat to a guy who has ran very well, granted, but is in no way the better running back than Todd Gurley. So I think there is a slight issue. I think Todd Gurley still has an okay game, but I'm going to take C.J. Anderson on the carries here. Yeah, I I think that the better bet here is C.J. Anderson, honestly, just because you'd have to, like you were saying, bet so much to make anything on Gurley. And I don't think that's anything close to a sure thing that he would get more carries in this game you know even if he did say uh Sean McVay did say so so I would I'd probably throw this on as like a just like a couple dollar bet if you know if you're typically you're throwing together a bunch of bets kind of like trying to supplement each other so I think you could throw a couple bucks at this and kind of just hope for a quick you know profit but uh nothing I'd nothing I'd bet the house on so I mean let's go ahead and Also, according to the Kent uh, philosophy of the double coaching battle thing where McVeigh is trying to, you know, he knows what Belichick's going to do, that might make sense then for him to say that Togro is going to be a big part of the game plan so that Belichick thinks he's the number one option in the offense and plans for him and then doesn't, McVeigh goes another direction. So that's the kind of thing I could potentially see going on here. Or McVeigh is saying that to sneakily think that Belichick Triple is fake. not going to actually or defend it. He knows that he psychology. knows that he knows. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh yeah. Um uh, that I don't know. I I it's probably a low tier bet for me, but anyway, let's go ahead and move on over to the first touchdown pass thrown. Goff is at plus 100 or Tom Brady is at minus 120, meaning Tom Brady is favored. I'm going, with, I'm going with Goff on this one, and this may be interesting since I said that I am picking the Patriots by, I think I said seven points overall. I think that the that the Rams get out to an early lead in this game, and then Tom Brady, Tom Brady's all over everyone's faces and wins the game. So in order for that to happen, I think they're probably, the, the, the Rams are going to score a touchdown first, and I'm just going to bet on the fact that that means he's more likely to score a passing touchdown first. So I'm going Goff. I also agree with that, but slightly for a different reason. I think that my philosophy in, in betting for golf on this one rather than uh, Tom Brady is that we've been seeing them in the playoffs so far just pounding the ball uh, close to the goal line with the running back. So I think if they get down inside the 10, they go with the run game more frequently. So I would say for that reason, I would go golf. I'm, I'm going to say 
I'm going to say Brady simply because he's more likely to throw to his running backs. Uh, well, I don't know. You see, I don't even know about that. But if C.J. Anderson is in the game, then, yeah, he's not going to throw to him. He's probably going to throw to Gurley if he's in. But we don't even know if Gurley's going to play. So I'm going to go with Tom Brady here just because he has more passing weapons in the red zone. So, yeah. Yeah, James White is going to score a touchdown. I don't know if yeah, we have he, a prop for that on here, will. but that's facts. Uh, no, but we'll talk about him here in a minute. All right, let's go with highest quarterback rating. This is between Goff and Tom Brady, of course. Goff at plus 140, Tom Brady at minus 160. I'll take Goff here. I'll take Goff on the get the bonus money. I'm going to lean Brady on this one. I think one way or another he gets it done, and I think he performs in this one. Um, really goes out and says to everyone that thinks – which I'm not going to get in a soapbox on this one, but who thinks that the Patriots are done? Like <laughs> people keep you know saying that, and Tom is now taking it as ammunition, which that's the last thing he needs. And I think he comes out and just absolutely dominates in this game. As as sad as that makes me to say that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'm taking Brady to you. Don't bet against Tom Brady over the course of the game. And again, I think the first half it might look like Goss a little better, but. I, I can't even remember what the numbers were for what Brady did last year in like the fourth quarter in overtime alone, but it was something obscene, like several hundred passing yards. So once they get down by a touchdown, he a light's going to you know flip on and Brady's going to start going ham, and he's going to run up those numbers. In, in the last three years, uh, Tom Brady has played in eight, so far, playoff games. He has thrown for less than 300 yards in two of them, so... Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable how much you know passing attack goes through him, obviously. But anyway, let's move on to some over-unders here. So instead of comparing guys, we're just going to pick a number and kind of go off that. So up first, we're talking about Julian Edelman, and he's listed at an over-under of eight and a half receptions. Will you take that over or under? I'm taking the under, which might sound odd considering how much i'm expecting from brady but i think this is going to be a james white and then uh i guess i'll call them ancillary receivers type game with maybe dorsett and even hogan and i even like corderell patterson if you're going for like some deep dfs gpp stuff i consider getting a little hold of corderell patterson i can see him breaking a touchdown maybe even on a return but uh, Edelman's probably going to be going up against Nikel Roby Coleman, who's the Rams slot corner, and he's actually been one of the better slot corners in the league this year. So while I don't think it's really possible to shut Edelman down in the playoffs, and I'm going to say it, do believe he's likely to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I, I said it. Uh, Who? Edelman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. Like you know, the whole big thing on Twitter right now. <laughs> Uh, I think Edelman falls just short of eight and a half, and it gets spread around a few of the other guys. I'm gonna I'm go, I'm gonna go ahead and say he's over. I think he's in like ten reception territory here, uh, just because he's the biggest option on this team. And even though you know he is covered by Roby Coleman, I, Tom Brady, man, and, and and Edelman's a good route runner. I mean, he's he holds his own just fine. So, yeah, slot cornerbacks these days are, as far as good ones. Uh, kind of few and far between and Edelman's one of the best so I think he's gonna be at like 10 yeah I I was just gonna say Kent I think this number scares me because it's almost too accurate of what I think he is gonna get I could see him easily having eight or nine catches so 
in terms of a betting standpoint and strategy, I'm staying away from this bet. If I was going to put some money on it, I would take the under because it is a pretty high uh, high total there. Also, Kent touched on his route running, and I slipped in that I think he might be a Hall of Famer. I feel like it goes severely underappreciated how good his hands are and his ability to hold onto the ball, especially through contact. Like He might be one of the toughest in the sense of catch a ball and get hit and not drop it receivers in the league, let alone. Would you uh, yeah, would well, you call him scrap? Would you call him scrappy? <laughs> I would say he's or quite or, gritty. or a gym rat. <laughs> gritty <laughs> seems to be the common phraseology uh, there. Yep, I know, I know. But uh, but seriously, <laughs> he's in the playoffs. There aren't many receivers I would rather have in my slot than Julian Edelman. Yeah, no, I can agree with that. All right, let's talk about Sony Michelle. He is listed for an over-under of 79.5 rushing yards. Uh, this is an easy under for me. I don't know about how you guys feel. I concur. Yeah, I agree. This is one of my favorite bets on the weekend. Uh, I would also take the under on this one. I think, like we've talked about, the mastermind that is Bill Belichick says, okay, we've been you know, hammering it with Sony Michelle. That's what you've seen all along. Here we go with Tom Brady. We're going to switch it up. And I think that this is more of a James White game than anyone else in the backfield. So I am also going to go under. Yeah, I, I think I said something last week on Twitter about how the one thing I've learned about Belichick recently now, and it's like become my new mantra, is the only thing you can predict about the Patriots going to the next week is that what's going to happen is going to be the unpredictable option. So after mm-hmm. watching Sony Michelle smash through the first couple rounds of the playoffs, it makes perfect sense that Sony Michelle would smash in the Super Bowl, which means that that's exactly what's not going to happen because Belichick just says, ha ha, got you, and does something else. All right, well, let's uh, swing on over to the other, or one of the other running backs, I should say, on the Patriots, Rex Burkhead. He's listed at 20 and a half rushing yards. Are you going to take the over or the under on that one? I'm taking the over in balance with the Michelle under. I think that I think it's going to be a really balanced game all around from the entire Patriots squad. So, yeah, I would agree with yeah. that. I think if he can get you know six to seven carries, maybe even more than that, um, I find it hard to believe that he goes under. Would you say it was twenty yards, twenty and a half yards? So, yeah, um, just based yeah. off how low that number is, I would take the over. That all that takes is one big run, and then that's it. You've got it. And, I mean, that that stuff's kind of random, you know, the long runs. But, yeah, they, they're capable of, of kind of projecting that stuff. And also, I don't know, we don't have this on here, but I don't know what Burkhead's receiving yards is at, but I'd probably take the over on that as well. I, I assume it's probably lower than it should be. But uh, maybe we could swing back to that. Uh, after we talk about the third running back for the Patriots, <laughs> James White. He's listed at, let's just talk about both of these, seven and a half receptions. 61 and a half receiving yards. Okada, how do you feel about those numbers? Smash the over. This is both of these are super easy for me. This is going to be a every Super Bowl first of all is a James White game and typically any playoff game is a James White game. We saw in the divisional round he had 15 receptions for like 97 yards. Yeah. And the Rams corners are strong. So I think that Brady's going to look down, he's going to see James White, he's going to say, that is just about the most reliable target I could possibly ever hope to see, and he's going to dump it to him, and it's going to happen 10 times for 80 yards, so I'll take the over on both. You know, I'm going to go opposite here. I'm taking the under. Uh, Riddle me this, Mr. Okada. 
All right. In in the last, um, let's see, what is this? Four years? Yeah, since 2015, James White has played in ten postseason games. How many times has he gone over the seven and a half receptions mark? Off the top of your head. Four. Two times. He has had one game with 15 and one game with 14, and the rest are five and below. I am taking the under on Mr. James White here this week. This Is Is it is it true that two of those, both of those two came in their last three playoff games? Oh, no, the other one was the Falcons one, no. probably. Yeah, 2016, the Falcons, the Falcons game. Okay, yeah, that yeah. huge game, yeah. Yep. Um, yep. I was going to say, this is another one of those bets that I think I'm going to stay away from because I think it's almost too accurate of what he's going to get. I can see him easily having a six or seven catch game for 55 to 65 yards. So I don't know which way to lean on this one, and I'm going to take a cop-out answer of stay away, everyone. Don't bet Don't bet on this, <laughs> even though Okada says break the bank for it. Well, and I, sh- I should add that those two games that I listed were also the only games that he went over this receiving yards number of 61 and a half as well. So, again, I'd probably take the under on both, and those would be a good, like, $5 bet, I'd say. I can't, real quick, Kent, I can't find the Rex Burkhead receiving line, but I sure. know his, re- okay. his receptions is set at two for the over-under. Oh, uh, over. Smash That's it. an over for yeah, me. Yeah, smash the over. I agree yeah, with that. I'd, yeah, I'd hit that one. All right, let's talk about passing yards. First up, Jared Goff. He is listed at 302 and a half. Uh, excuse me, uh, passing yards. Would you take the over or the under on that? I would take the over on that. I think one way or another he gets it done. I don't know that it's the cleanest game, but I think that the Patriots do get up in this one. And with how you know high-flying of an attack that that Rams passing attack is, if they are down... Uh, it only means better things for golf in the passing game. So I would say I'm going to go over on this one. Mm, this is probably the hardest one for me because uh, not necessarily even that it's close to what he should be, but just that it's really tough to guess how this game is going to go for the Rams as far as whether they're going to run through golf or whether they're going to go CJ and Todd or whatever combo of those two. I think I'm going to end up taking the over on this just slightly. Because by the end of the game, it's going to be a back and forth. Someone's got to win. And there's not a lot of time, and he racks up a lot of garbage. Um, but it's it's really close. I, this is probably one of the ones that I'd take the bet strategy of staying away from. Yeah, I'd probably stay away from it. But if I'm going to bet, I'm going to bet the under. He hasn't hit this number yet in the postseason. Granted, he's only had three games played. Uh, this last game he played against New Orleans Saints, he had 297 yards and a touchdown. And that's one of the weaker passing defenses in the league. So I'm going to take the under here. Moving on over to Mr. Tom Brady. He's at 315 and a half passing yards. Would you take that over or under? I already know Okada's answer. Over to bets. I'm just kidding. You can say something if you want. <laughs> I'll answer for both Okada and I. Uh, this is also <laughs> one of my favorite ones for the weekend. I'm smashing the over on this. Kent, you just said it. Um, all Tom Brady does is throw for more than 300 yards. So an extra 15 on top of that 300 is nothing uh i think he easily goes over this yeah that's no it's an over for me too i you know tom brady's tom brady so word okay last couple of the uh the the uh statistical i guess you would call them prop bets here cj anderson his rushing yards is listed at 47 and a half would you take the over or the under 
I mean, I gave him the carries over Gurley, so it makes perfect sense for me to take the over on the rush yard. So I'm going that way. I would go over as well on this, even if Gurley does get the bulk of the carries in the vast majority. CJ Anderson, what he's doing in the past four weeks has been outstanding. I don't have it up in front of me, but yards per carry has got to be through the roof. I don't know that that's the most predictive stat, but even if he gets, let's say he gets 10 rushes, I think that he can go over this and and eclipse that 47.5 and and get to 50. So I'm going to go ahead and take the over on Anderson. Yeah, it's not a very predictive stat, but uh, he has seven yards per attempt with the Rams so far this year. So... That's crazy. That's pretty crazy. It's it's unbelievable, honestly. But uh, I'm going to take the over. Like I said, I, I'm i not convinced that Gurley is going to have any meaningful lion's share of the carries here. So I think I think 48 yards is pretty doable for, for someone in this offense, even if the time's split. Let's hey, go ahead and talk about Gronk. Hey, yeah, he kind of <laughs> is. But I, I've heard that Sean McVay uh, really likes – cj anderson's football intelligence so he's a big fan of him mm. uh even on like blocking plays and stuff so he's kind of gotten some respect from mcveigh so that that kind of tends to you know maybe he'll get a little bit more carries too but we will see up next mr gronkowski he is not listed at an over under of 69 yards so <laughs> instead we will That's use so 60 60 and a half receiving yards as his over under uh, that's an that's like a way under for me. <laughs> Sorry, I'm it's Grom over Gronk. Ah, oh, this is tough. There is a there is a prop later in this list that we're going to talk about that relates to I think the status of Gronk right now, and I'll hint at my answer to it, which by the way is his retirement, whether it's going to happen or not, by saying that I think he goes over here. I think that he's still. He's not still Gronk. I'll give everyone that. But I still think that being a 75% of Gronk makes him one of the best three or four best tight ends in the league. And I don't think that the Rams are particularly equipped to handle him. Uh, and I went kind of away from Edelman and said it would be more ancillary. At this point, Gronk is kind of more ancillary. So I'm taking the, I'm taking the over here, just barely. Maybe 69 yards. I don't know. I... I have to say it's polite of you to think that he's 75% of Gronk because lately he's looked like 25% of Gronk. So, um, yeah. Uh, Betts, do you have any thoughts? I'm going to go ahead and take the under on uh, Gronk's receiving yards here just based off of what we've seen throughout the course of the year. I mean, I don't have it up in front of me, but I can't imagine he's gone over that number more than, what, five times maybe. Um, so I'm going to play the the Kent card here and go statistics. I think the probability of that happening is not very good. I'm going to take the under. All right, and then our last uh, player prop here is going to be Brandon Cook's receiving yards at 77.5. I think that's a good number. This this is this is what I'm going to avoid. I will not bet on this one, honestly. I think I'd agree with you there. Is really tough. There's, of course, the revenge game narrative. There's also, I meant to look into this, yeah. Kent's giving me a look like that doesn't exist, which maybe it does. Well, no, it does. I'm not not worried about the revenge game. I just, he only played one year with the Patriots, so is that really a revenge game? (laughs) Um, What I'm more interested in is, and I meant to look into this, but there is a Patriots cornerback, he's like a no-name, that they put on Tyreek Hill in the AFC Championship game just because he's fast. He's like not one of their better technical corners or anything like that. And it worked, which of course it did because it's Bill Belichick. 
I could see that happening again here. I think it's more likely that Gilmore goes to Robert Woods, who's the I would consider more the wide receiver one on this team. He does go into the slot a lot, so I don't know whether Gilmore will follow him there. But I think Cooks maybe ekes just over this, but it's not one I'm confident in, so I kind of agree maybe avoid it. Yeah, and I would echo that, you know, what you guys said there too. I think from a strategic standpoint of this bet, if you're going to be putting money on it, and I agree, probably stay away. But if you are, um, it only takes one or two plays for Cooks to to hit that. So if you're going to bet on it, I would take the over for that reason, but I don't love it, to be honest with you. Yeah, and if I had to bet one side, I I think I would take the under just because, you know, it could be Woods or, you know, even Gurley or C.J. Anderson or even Reynolds. They got plenty of options in this offense that they're going to try and use to deal with Belichick uh, scheming against them. So, yeah, I'd take the under probably if I had to. Let's move over to some fun Super Bowl props. These are a little bit goofier. You might have seen them if you've bet on the game before, but... Uh, up first, we're going to talk about the length of the national anthem sung by Gladys Knight and the over-under set at 1 minute and 50 seconds. What do you guys think? You going so, over-under that, Mark? I'll jump in here because I actually did some legitimate research on this and went and watched <laughs> I love that, by the previous way. <laughs> anthem singers, not just in general, but specifically in the genre which I would fit Gladys Knight into, which is kind of that old belter, uh, maybe gospel-y sort of thing. Which means I think she goes a little slower when she's going to sing it and uh, and hits the over. I, I'm predicting two minutes and ten seconds. Okada, would you mind just sharing a little bit of your research with us? What what does she sound like? <laughs> Do you know? Uh, I think she sounds kind of like Whitney Houston. Maybe not quite as good. Um, I think she was with the Pips at some point. Gladys yes, Knight that and is the correct. Pips. Isn't that a thing? That's okay. correct. Uh, that's all I know. <laughs> I was hoping you'd give uh, us a little rendition there. I, I agree. <laughs> no, I would go over on this not. one. I think she holds that last note a little... Too long, or long enough for us betters, and I think she goes over. <laughs> I I listened to a national anthem sung by Gladys in 1991, and she came in at 1 minute and 38 seconds. I'm taking the under. Ooh. I read a 538 article about national anthem length as well. Uh, they were full of charts and plots and all that dumb analytical stuff that I love so very, very much. And to be honest, 1 minute and 50 seconds, that's 110 seconds. And that has only gone above like it's like eight or nine times ever and yes they've been in more recent years but i i don't think that most people are going to be singing it like super long for the sake of being long so i'm going to take the under and that's my reasoning before we move on from this highly highly important uh prop bet oh very important yeah here here's a question to consider if the NFL has any play in determining the length, do you think they would want it longer to focus on it for any reason or shorter to get out of it right quick? Um, they probably want people talking about it and writing articles about it. So if you know if there's a record-long anthem that there's going to be dumb articles written about it, and they love all the attention they can get. So, yes, they would like it. Mm. Yeah, I would agree with that. Science. All right. Let's move on over to this is the this is the dumbest bet in the in the book. Like <laughs> I, you can't get any worse than this. The coin toss you can bet on heads or tails. However, they're both listed at negative one hundred five, which means it's a losing bet based on expected value. There's no reason to bet on the coin toss. That is my official statistics <laughs> viewpoint on that. Don't bet on the coin toss. But with that being said, tails never fails. <laughs> <laughs> Tails or fails, uh, I like it. I'm going tails. I, 
I'm going to strongly disagree with both of you for the simple reason that the Patriots are calling the toss. They typically call heads. And I th- I said that I thought that the Rams would get out early. So I think they win and ask for the ball, which means that Belichick gets the toss wrong, which means that it's tails. Wait, did I just explain the whole <laughs> thing to agree Okada. with you guys? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, but you're, uh, I agree uh, with you guys totally we're for off the, the reasons the just stated. <laughs> wow. That's uh, that's fantastic. So, okay, we did we go three three tails there then? Yes, All right. we did. Book it. All right, up next, well, up next, we're going to talk about the telecast. Will they mention the phrase "greatest show on turf" as referenced earlier in this episode by Mister Okada? Yes is plus one seventy, and no is minus two fifty. And I think these odds should be swapped because Whoa. I think it is. I think they are almost certainly going to bring it up. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You, yeah, yeah. So this bet. Wow, is, I didn't even notice that. That's yeah. yeah, right. This is my no favorite, is favorite bet, and I have no idea why. Period for the weekend. I've said it a couple times about other ones that I like. I love this bet. You put ten bucks down, you get seventeen. So I would empty the savings account. I mean, how, how do they not? <laughs> how do they not say it? Because that's what they're going to reference, right? The last time that the Rams were a dominant team in the NFL was the greatest show on turf. They have to say it. And they only have to say it once. It's not an over under of like two or three, like just once and you win. So uh I am you, putting You know they're gonna have, on this. Sorry. No, you ahead. know they're gonna have filler content and that how can that not be one of the top choices for filler content with the Rams being back in the Super Bowl? I, I just I can't fathom them not talking about it. I mean, we've been talking about the Super Bowl for like fifteen to twenty minutes on our little fantasy podcast and it was mentioned. There is literally right. no chance that this doesn't get mentioned. These odds make no sense to me. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I agree. I don't know how that, that ended up that way. But up next, this is a fun bet. What is the color of the liquid poured on the winning coach going to be? We have clear slash water, yellow, red, blue, purple, green slash lime. Lime is considered mm. a green. And then orange. And those have a, a varying odds. I, I don't know how they come up with these odds, but... Do you, do you have any insight into this, either of you guys? Yes. Much like the Gladys Knight thing, I did some severe research on this and looked <laughs> back through images of the Patriots winning Super Bowls <laughs> and what flavor they, they dumped on Bill Belichick. Unfortunately, what I found was that it was pretty much different every year. Last three years, it was clear one year, blue one year, and yellow one year. So what that tells me is they'd like to go through the different flavors in each Complete Super the Bowl. rainbow. <laughs> yes. Therefore, I will select red, which is, I think, the best flavor left of the ones they have not yet poured. Now, do you, <laughs> think, do you think Tom Brady's diet could come into play here with the different colors of Gatorade? Oh, or, I don't think he me, touches liquid. the Gatorade. No, I'm sure he doesn't. But no, definitely not. Yeah. In fact, anyway. I'm curious to know what he does drink on the sideline. Like avocado juice? Is that a thing? Avocado juice? What I is don't, that? No, he that's, loves avocados. That's not Ugh. a thing. That's not a thing, Okada. I love avocados too, but I don't waste them by liquefying them. <laughs> I don't think what you about, even uh, can do that. <laughs> I mean, theoretically, you could blend water and an avocado if you're a weirdo, but I don't think Tom Brady is that crazy. I mean, he's pretty crazy, but I don't know. It looks like he has like a vitamin water bottle every time with the uh, with the label taken off of it. So I don't know what he's got in there, but... Whatever it is, mm. it's working. 
I mean, I googled <laughs> avocado juice, and there are several articles on how to make avocado juice. So. Oh, God. oh, would you mind forward me those uh, websites <laughs> so I can block them, please? <laughs> I'd like to block those websites from any internet browsing. Um, all right, let's go ahead and move on over to... Wait, what is this question? First Doritos commercial color of bag. What does that mm, mean? True, true. So the first Doritos commercial that they show... What is the color? Are there a of lot the of Doritos of commercials? What? It, am I missing something? The Doritos is there commercials. Like more. Yeah, there's. Are there there's like always a lot a few, of Doritos? Right? Oh my gosh, dude! They oh, have. Okay. Yeah, they have one at least one like every quarter. Um, so oh, they're they're huge okay, well, in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Red's the favorite. I mean, we all know the iconic red Doritos bag. So I think I'm just gonna go with that. To be perfectly honest, for the first one. Yeah, they keep it classic. They stay on their brand and they go red. I agree. Facts. All right. Uh, up next, we're gonna. Oh, this is a, this is an over under. Okay, so this is the number of times that Giselle, Tom Brady's wife, is going to be shown during live broadcast. Is it live? Is live important? I think it is. It has to be live, that right? Means while the game is happening. Well, Ooh. that's the question. Is I don't it, know. Is it actually. actually like live footage of her reacting in the stands, or is it footage from her? previously during the I game would say, you know I would say does that count it says during live broadcast i think the whole broadcast covers during the, the broadcast game from start to finish okay okay that's replays. well the over under is listed at one and a half this is a smash over for me so easy yeah. everybody drop your money on this bet I, <laughs> I do not understand first of all they're they're guaranteed to show her once just in passing to say this is tom brady's wife and then no matter what is what is happening at the end of the game, either it's going to be a close game, in which case she's going to be all kinds of nervous, and they're going to show her then. They're getting blown out, in which case they're going to show her being all sad because she's never been in such a situation. Or they're going to win, in which case they're guaranteed to show her jumping up and down. So this is so yeah. easily an over. I like it. I mean, that bet's, yeah, that bet's favored, but there's that every reason in the world that it should be. I don't know how she's not shown at least two times, if not like three or four times. So, yep. All right, uh, up next, we're going to talk about, this is a yes or no question. Will they mention on the broadcast the age gap between Bill Belichick and Sean McVay? Yes, 100%. Yeah. yeah. How I do they not? I mean, handicapping, again, who's handicapping these mentions things? There is literally no chance that they don't mention this age gap probably multiple times, and the odds are just minus 190 for yes. It should be like minus 1,000. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was going to mention it's favored, but it should be favored by more. I don't know how they don't bring it up. Because how old is McVay? 33? 33, yep. 33, right? Yeah. And and Belichick, I think, is the second oldest right now? Um, I want to say Pete Carroll's older. Yes, that sounds right. I do know for a fact that it's the the age gap between head coaches by far. Yeah, they're almost certainly going to talk about it. So that's an easy yes for me as well. Uh, will they mention the age gap between Tom Brady and Jared Goff? Yes, again, is favored. Actually, by less this time than the other one. Same thing. There's literally no chance they don't mention it, and this gap should be wider in the odds. Is is this a record as well, the age yes. gap between the QBs? Yes. It, it is? is? Yeah, yep. of course. You smash that. That's a smash yes. Yeah, if you can somehow parlay these bets together into one bet and turn a huge profit, I would do it. I think this is one of my favorite parlays because they're going to talk about both of these together and not going to talk about Goff and Brady and then three quarters later talk about 
you know, the two coaches. Like, they're going to do it all in one big segment. So, yeah, this makes no sense. Hammer the, the yes on this for sure. Can anybody hear the word parlay and not think of Pirates of the Caribbean? Uh, it's it's a pirate word. It parlay. is. It absolutely is. <laughs> um (laughs) yes now i'm thinking about pirates okay um oh this is an interesting one so will rob gronkowski retire before week one of 2019 the no is favored it is minus 400 and yes is a plus 250 bet yeah, so this is the one I I alluded to earlier, and I would stay away from it because I don't think the odds are that are that useful. Because I think he does not retire by the first game of 2019, because I am 98 percent sure that Tom Brady does not retire, and I think he kind of just links himself to Tom Brady for one more year. If Brady were to retire, I would almost guarantee Gronk would as well, but I don't think Brady will, so I don't think Gronk will. See, I feel I feel very strongly about the yes on this one. I actually Ooh. like this bet. Gronk just recently came out in a quote, um, I think it was about two days ago at the Media Day, saying how you know the season is now such a grind and you have to be able to stay on the field and it's not easy to do anymore with all of his injuries. And he just kind of opened up about how, I guess, how like the season is affecting him at this point in his career. So I agree with you. He is linked to Tom Brady, and he said he won't play for any other quarterback. So I 100% agree with what you're saying there. But with the hint at it last year, if they go out on top as champions this year, I think Gronk just rides off into the sunset and says, I'm done after this year. So I would take the yes on this one. Breaking news. Ooh! Okay, I'm sorry. This isn't actually breaking news, but I had to drop that because I, I was going to look for the age bets on Bovada right now. And I found out you can bet on the age of the MVP for the Puppy Bowl. <laughs> the no! over-under is at 17 and a half weeks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I, have to, <laughs> I have to bet on that. That's unbelievable. What is um, happening? <laughs> uh, so I was looking for the word age, and that popped up, and that I couldn't. I couldn't believe it. Oh, here's another good bet. Will Mike Vick tweet about the puppy bowl? <laughs> oh, my God. Does he usually? Is that a thing? Oh, oh I get it. Oh, oh my God. God. We've this lost is terrible. Okay, I'm, I'm going to skip this now. Oh, um, no. That's fun. I'm going to have to look at those later. That is absolutely but, uh, terrible. I'm sorry. Okay. What, what, was your, what was your conclusion on Gronkowski? Yes or no? I you said do, yes, he will. Retire? I think no. yes. Okay, I think yes, and it might hinge a little bit on like what Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are saying, but I still think Gronk is just, like I said, 25% Gronk lately. He doesn't look so good. He's just lumbering out there, so uh, I think he quits for health reasons, but anyway, we have two more bets here to go through. We're almost done with this show, but uh, first up, roughing the passer, will it be called during the Super Bowl? Yes or no? No is favored, actually. Uh, 100% yes. Tom Brady is the quarterback. Tom Brady is a cheater. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I do think, (laughs) just based off of the NFL this year and the way that they're calling games and the way that they're calling these ticky-tack, roughing the passer calls, I don't know how at least one doesn't get called. So I am also smashing this bet and saying yes. Um. I'm gonna I'm gonna say no, and the reason is kind of I guess building off of what Bet said in a strange way, which is I think that these teams and coaches know what's going on with roughing the passer, and they recognize how 
much of an impact it could make if they commit one during the game and probably dedicated a little bit of time this week, as they really have been all season. Uh, we've seen various you know reports and videos and things like that, people specifically practicing not roughing the passer to the point where it's not going to happen because teams are being careful about it. So I'm going to go no. Uh. I got to say yes here. I think it's going to happen at least once this game because it is Brady, because, you know, there is a lot on the line. I think both defensive lines are really strong, and someone's going to get to the quarterback. And I was talking about how there's going to be sacks in this game, like I was saying earlier. So I got to imagine there's going to be at least one roughing the passer call this game. And the last prop bet we have for the Super Bowl in 2019 is will, or no, this is how many times, excuse me. Will Tony Romo say the words, here we go, and it is listed at two and a half? Would you take the over or the under on that? I'll take the under. I say two times. Uh, I agree. I agree with that exactly. Yeah, that's his That's his new catchphrase. Yeah, I feel like it's guaranteed that he says it probably at the start of the game and at one point when it's close. So I agree with you guys. I would take the under. I don't know if he gets three. Um. Really quick, I just have to have one more that we add. I didn't throw it in there earlier, but I, I remembered that it exists. And I don't know if you guys have seen this storyline, but there is a bet, and I couldn't find what the actual line is, but it's actually favored that Maroon 5 will play the SpongeBob song Sweet, Sweet Victory. Victory. Yes. yes. During the halftime show. Smash the yes on that Wait, one. What? I, <laughs> yeah, happened- <laughs> I, what were the odds on that? I, I couldn't find them. Maybe you can pull it up while I'm finishing oh, okay. the story. But I saw a tweet from a verified account of someone standing like a couple hundred yards outside the stadium. They took a picture and they said that they could hear Maroon 5 practicing the song. It's going to happen. Let's go. <laughs> I would love that. I would love every second of that. I'm trying to find it real quick. I haven't found it yet, though. So, all right. We'll pass on that. Um yeah. All right. Well, that's it. That's all the prop bets we're going to talk about today. There were some fun ones in there, and uh, hopefully you can get out there and have a little fun, maybe make a little money. Um, you know, we're not betting experts here, so by all means, just take this for what it's worth. We're <laughs> just having fun talking about what we know. So uh, don't bet on the coin toss. That being said, uh, let's let's go and talk real quick, guys. We have exciting news for this entire offseason, don't we? So How are you guys feeling? you excited? Oh, I am so excited. So to, to lay out kind of like a general baseline for what's going on, we're, we're uh, you know, I, I, we've mentioned before that we're, we were part of the, the, the Fantasy Authority family tree as far as podcasts. Well, we're moving away from the Fantasy Authority and kind of being our own unique uh, podcast. Entity. We're just going to be by ourselves. We are going to be starting a website, uh, Patreon, Mailbag Show, Slack group, Probably, uh, you know, we're gonna have different possibilities here. We're gonna figure out everything and get the details all hammered out. But we are gonna have a lot of content coming for you guys, not only this off season, but going into the 2019 NFL season. We are very excited. We've been a little bit slow lately, kind of let things die down a little bit. But once uh, once we get back into peak off season, we can start filling in the gaps with some awesome fantasy football analysis. And uh, we'll be out there, and you guys can – you'll be the first to know. I mean, if you guys are here listening to this episode, you're, you've are you been with us probably since the start. So we appreciate you guys. We'll get you a link to join up on the Patreon here pretty soon, hopefully. And uh, you'll be the first to know about everything coming through the pipeline. So do you guys have any comments about our plans for the offseason? 
Yeah, um, one big thing I'll say is kind of being part of TFA. TFA had a dedicated podcast for Dynasty and DFS, so we kind of stayed in our lane as a redraft podcast during last year. But heading into this year, since we're kind of branching off and becoming our own thing, we will more freely uh, address Dynasty and hopefully also DFS during the season once that rolls around. So. If you guys have, if any of you guys play Dynasty, and I recommend that you do look into it if you haven't, by the way. Uh, but if any of you do, definitely feel free to, to hit us up with those kinds of questions as well. We play Dynasty, we have some experience with it, and we'll be getting more and more of that kind of content your way coming up this off season. Yes, 100%. And to speak to everything that you guys just touched on, uh, we will be looking for writers to join us and join our site to have a, a platform to be able to put their work out there and be able to you know, go ahead and share your thoughts and give your analysis too. So uh, we are looking for people to join us and, um, like I said, to get their, their work out there. So if you're interested in that, um, follow us on, on Twitter at RedshirtsFFPod. Uh, look for an announcement coming soon. Or if you hear this on, on our pod tonight, you can feel free just to go ahead and shoot us a DM. One of us will get back to you in regards to the details. But we are definitely looking for writers. So if you are interested, feel free to hit us up. Yeah, absolutely. So we are super pumped about all this stuff. It's going to be a lot of work, but it's going to be totally worth it. Uh, bringing some awesome fantasy football content out there for everyone who is listening. So thank you once again for uh, being one of our truly committed listeners. Okada, you got some? Yes, also, the shirts have been begun. They're yeah. not finished yet, but they are in the works. We are going to hone in some beautiful, lovely designs, and uh, those will be announced at some point. Hopefully, we'll get some out to you guys. Yeah, we can uh, We can give a shirt to the winner of the Listener League. I hear he's a pretty good, pretty oh, good dude. He deserves oh, a shirt. Oh, it. wait! That was me! Ha <laughs> ha! <laughs> Yes, and yeah. also while we're, we're planning for 2019, we will do another Listener League. So, yeah. true. if you want to take down Kent, which I know Okada and I strongly do, um, last year, and, and guys, I don't know if we've decided this yet, last year we said if you leave us a rating and review on iTunes, or, or anywhere really, we will go ahead and accept you into the Listener League, potentially into the, the, the pool of who we pick from. So... Is it too early to, to put that out there and say if you go ahead and leave us a review yeah, and a rating? Let's, let's um we'll, we'll we'll circle back on that. Okay. I think that was good for you know the first year we were pretty low, but if we get a lot of them, I'm afraid it's just going to be kind of flooded. So we'll we'll take a look at it. We'll decide. Uh, maybe we'll have a contest or something. We'll we'll uh, come to that conclusion a little bit later. But yeah, but you should rate and review anyways. <laughs> of course, of course, yes. Repeatedly from false accounts if you have to. <laughs> no, just kidding. But not. Really. I think that goes against iTunes' terms of service, so <laughs> we d- we don't support that. You know, my fingers aren't crossed. But anyway, all right. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode. Hopefully, you enjoy the Super Bowl. Go eat lots of good food and uh, enjoy time hanging out with your friends. And uh, yeah, maybe you listen to this. You have a couple of good prop bets. You can kind of swing and have a good time. You know, hoping that the coin flip is heads. But. Anyway, thank you for listening. Once again, we are the Red Shirts. Boom. Boom. Boom.